Hey, everybody. This is Matt. Uh, depending on which podcast feed you're listening to, you know me as Matt, the host of Horror Movie Night, or producer Matt on the My Favorite episode of podcast where you don't hear my voice unless something wrong is happening. Anyway, this is a special little bonus episode because a good friend of mine who's guested on countless different podcasts, and I've guested on her podcast, has a Kickstarter that is active as we speak for a volume two for the comic book that her and her co-host have been working on jupiter jet so everybody welcome ashley victoria robinson hello and hello again if uh this is one of the shows i've been on before matt (laughs) is always so generous and helping us out and i so appreciate him letting me come on and chat with all of you today so tell the listeners what jupiter jet is about so jupiter jet Uh, The first volume is about a 16-year-old girl in 1935 who inherits a mysterious jetpack from her father who has recently passed away. And so she straps it on, fights the rich, gives to the poor, and uh, faces down against some bad guys who might be aliens. And then at the end of the first volume, spoilers for a book that came out mm, three years ago, she learns that she's not on Earth and it's not 1935 but she's actually on Europa, which is a moon orbiting Jupiter. And so volume two picks up exactly one year later. So now she's 17. She has been the hero Jupiter jet for a while. She is fighting with the human resistance. And in our first 20 pages, and actually if you go to the Kickstarter, which you can find at jupiterjetcomic.com, you'll see a couple panels of this character. So she's doing resistance work out in space in the low atmosphere, and she meets a character that we are calling the Black Flyer, who pulls her into a much more sci-fi space-based adventure than Volume 1, and turns out to be someone from Jupiter Jet's past that she didn't think she would ever encounter again. And I do have to ask, because I do find this fascinating, is how do you and Jason go about co-writing a book like this? Like, did one of you craft out most of the characters while the other came up with the ideas? Or is it kind of just like, you know, you two are just sitting in a diner, maybe just spitballing ideas and sketching out the, the logistics as you're just having the conversation? So Jason and I really like to go to restaurants when we're doing pitch work. And we were actually, uh, several years ago now, we were going to work on another project. And I said to him, I have this idea for a comic, but it's only a name and it's Jupiter Jet. And he said, oh, it's a girl with a jetpack and she has red hair and a little brother and they have a cat and they're actually on Jupiter. So that was the seeds of how the original concept happened. But nowadays... It's much more, it's something that I'm really used to. We work on a lot of projects together. Uh, So we will sit down and we have this running document because we have plans for Jupiter Jet to go all the way to volume five, each progressing forward one year. So in volume two, she's 17. By volume five, she'll be 20. She will fully be an adult woman with a real sense of how the world works because we'll have thrown all of our revelations at her by that point. So we will kind of write down any crazy ideas that we have and then we will break that together. We'll do things like uh, Dan Harmon's story circle. We'll look at story structure that we're trying to copy. And this is stuff that we have learned more and more about in the intervening time. So I actually think volume two is going to be much more satisfying than volume one. And once we've plotted out in broad strokes, what's going to happen, how everyone is going to look 
we'll go through and we'll break it down even further and we'll do a page by page breakdown. So volume two, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio is 120 pages. So we figured out what's going to happen. We'll throw out scratch dialogue. We'll throw out jokes, things like that for all 120 pages. And then even though for this volume and all volumes going forward, we're only doing the graphic novel. We're not going to do single issues because that is the future of the comic book industry. I maintain we will break it up into 20 page chunks because that feels much more manageable. And I like to say we work in terms of equity rather than equality. So the idea of equality, right, is if we're writing 20 pages, it's a 50-50 split. Each of us will write 10 pages. But we operate equity, which is um, everyone working to the best of their abilities on the most that they can. So if there are scenes or moments or storylines that we feel very strongly about, we will say, oh, I want to write this storyline in these pages or I came up with the idea for this character so I'd like to handle their introduction so sometimes it is pretty close to 10 and 10 pages and then sometimes it's like 16 and 4 or it's 12 and 8 and then once we've done that first draft we come together and we fix it uh we'll give notes on each other's scripts and then we'll rewrite that draft and then usually another one just for like grammar and spelling and lingo, because even though this is set sort of in the far flung, a very like science fantasy future, because the fake town that she comes from is still living under the auspices of it being 1936, we want to make sure that they speak in some of the slangs and some of the styles of 1936 rather than 2020. So those yeah. are like our last two drafts. And then we'll pass those along to the artist or the colorist or whoever next on the creative team needs to do their pass. And what's great about working with a co-writer like that is it's a lot like working with an editor right off the bat, because hopefully the person who you partner with is a, someone you like and b someone who does things that you're not good at. So that when you come together, you've checked each other and you are already on your draft one that you're passing on is a better draft one than what I could have made sitting alone in the office. And it's so interesting to me with you two, because I feel like I get a lot of this from people where it's like, where do you even find the time to do all these podcasts? But I feel like the question could be bounced right back to the two of you because you you do the geek history lesson podcast, which is, you know, every once in a while you might take like a month or two hiatus, but for the most part mm -hmm. it goes every single week you ha are doing this comic there was another comic that you did last year and yes you're, and you're still juggling like acting and doing all the other like actual day job stuff that you do on top of all of this stuff so you two are like two of the hardest working people i know <laughs> and i love like that literally i could have you on for something like this every six months because you've just got so many projects that are going at all times you're, there's always a different plate spinning that you're giving attention to but never have i seen those plates fall and break you know what i mean uh well that's just what you see that's very sweet and very kind matt is being uh very generous because he does at least as much work as we do <laughs> um i you know you just get better at managing your schedule or sometimes you don't um I don't sleep much or well, so that's probably <laughs> part of it. We're just running on coffee and soda at this point. But it's also a lot about prioritizing what you want to work on. And we procrastinate just like everyone else. But I think it's way cooler 
to be able to say that I'm working on a comic book or um, like Jason is working on a TV show or anything like that than to say, um, you know, that I watched six episodes of The Simpsons in one day, which don't get me wrong, I still manage pretty <laughs> well. Look. But it's a lot about prioritizing. And that's something I didn't learn until I was like a grown-up person is it really is the choices that you make. And that allows you to be productive or not. And I'm never as productive as I want to be. <laughs> it's even harder when the stuff that you're being productive at doesn't seem like you're being productive when it's like, oh, man, I got a really book day. I've got to watch three movies for this podcast and two episodes of a TV show. And people are like, oh, you're really working hard, aren't you? <laughs> Oh, I mean, preach, because <laughs> especially for Geek History Lesson, like it does involve either watching or reading a lot. And sometimes the things that you have to do are minutia, right? It's like, I have to send 22 emails today, and then you finish your 22 emails, and it's been six hours, and you're like, well, I have nothing to show for this. And it's, a lot of it, too, is, um, this is going to sound real woo-woo, but it is self-talk, and it is being like, no, I did accomplish this and this is important and I really try to make sure that every day I do something that is forwarding at least one of my projects in my career if not you know on a good day I'll get to focus on more than one and this is like this will be a spoiler to people listening to my favorite episode of something that we'll talk about in a couple of weeks but like I at the time that we're recording this interview and very tired because I'm usually an in bed at like 9.30, 10 o'clock person. And I stayed up until 12.30 because I had to watch an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm for the show. <laughs> and like there's not a human on this planet that would be like, oh, poor you. You had to stay up late watching a TV show. But I really all I wanted to do was go to bed at that point. But I was like, if I don't watch it now, I'm going to have to wake up early to watch it. And then still do all the things that I have to do before we set up to record. And I think that people don't sometimes understand that, like, there's nothing I would rather do but just curl up in bed and not do anything for a little bit. But it's not really an option. That is absolutely 100% for real, for real, because <laughs> you can look at anyone you want, really, and say, like, oh, that problem is not that bad. But when it is your life... <laughs> They are, you know, and, and whatever that looks like, hopefully everyone is working a job that they like and working on projects that they like, but, you know, it does, it all becomes a job at certain points. It all becomes tantamount. It all becomes tedious. And, you know, hopefully you have friends or spouses or family members that you can, you know, express that concern and that frustration to in a way that makes you seem a little more understanding and a little more relevant instead yeah. of venting to Twitter, because there will be people who don't do that thing and they can't understand why that's frustrating. But I absolutely feel you on that. <laughs> so if people who are listening want to donate for Jupiter jet, uh, let's do two things. First of all, obviously where do they go to donate? But secondly, what are some of the perks uh, for the different tiers for donating? So the easiest way to donate is to go into your internet browser and type in jupiterjetcomic.com. It will hyperlink you right to the Kickstarter campaign. We have about 25 days left. We just hit our goal, so now we're driving towards the first stretch goal. And what's so exciting is if we're able to hit stretch goals, we're able to entertain the idea of telling more stories, so giving you more original pages or we're able to take that money and turn it over and start production more quickly. So Science, which was our last Kickstarter campaign that came out in comic book stores in December, please go order it. Uh, we 
did a, we did really well on that. We double funded and we were able to take a lot of that money and make the first 60 pages of Jupiter Jet and start on that earlier than if we'd had to wait for this Kickstarter to fund. So we're trying to do more of that. We have a really cool print that we're going to introduce. So please keep donating, keep checking it out. It's basically a pre-order campaign at this point because now you know the book is absolutely going to happen. But I want as many cool people in my life like Matt as possible. So a lot of our rewards are focused around working in comics and being a part of the comic because Geek History Lesson and Jupiter Jet are very much a family effort. We call our Jupiter Jet fans jet setters. And we are not able to do these books at all if it weren't for the support of our jet setters. So not only is the creative team so tantamount to making the stories of Jackie Johnson happening, but everyone who donates, everyone who supports, everyone who reviews it, they're part of the family. So the fact that this is funded, this is a victory for all of us. The more we're able to do is an achievement that we have made together. And I'm just, I'm just so proud. And so I want to know as many cool people making cool things. So if people are very jealous of the discussion that Matt and I are having right now, we actually have a Skype call level. It's my favorite reward. We have it on every Kickstarter campaign. And a lot of people use it to consult Jason and myself on creating comics, creating scripts, creating podcasts, or creating YouTube channels, because those are all things that we do. And it's so cool to see those projects then going out into the world. And believe me, if at any point you reach out to me for help and then you turn around and make the thing, I will support it. I will buy it. I will listen. I will subscribe. Like I will be there for you. And it makes me the most proud to know that people who wanted maybe that extra push to get out and do the thing that they're most proud of, but most scared of. I'm so proud when it happens for comics specifically, we have a lot of really amazing script and portfolio reviews. If you're an artist, we have a portfolio review from Mitch Garrods, who draws these tiny independent books you've probably never heard of called Batman and Mr. Miracle. You want a couple Eisners for it. No big deal. He will give you notes on your artwork and what you might need if you're trying to pitch for that type of work. We also have script reviews from Jason and myself, and we let the scripts be either comic or television and on the tv side we have joseph malozzi who is not only a nice canadian boy but he show ran stargate stargate universe stargate atlantis he created dark matter and he has very generously donated his time to look at people's scripts who are interested in doing what we do and what he does and all of the people that we have supporting us and that we have offering advice and reviews are people that Jason and I have gone to for help in the past. They're people that we really admire and we have vetted. So if you've ever thought about creating something and you want some kind and critical advice, I think that those levels are invaluable. And before I was making my own comics, those were levels that I was donating out on other people's projects. So the <laughs> second we knew people who uh, were kind enough to donate their time and their resources, we scooped them right up for this. Well, and I think that that's, you know, uh, the friendship of Geek History Lesson and, like, anything tied to Geekscape has always been built on that mutual work ethic and respect for each other. You know, mm -hmm. I, I can I can actively say that the day that I'm most excited for every San Diego Comic-Con is Geek History Lesson Day. Because I know I'm going to see my friends Ashley and Jason for an hour, and I get to just watch you guys interact with your fan base, and it's such a... 
personal one-on-one experience with everybody. And then on top of that, you have like, like if you haven't yet from when she appeared on my favorite episode of to talk about mash, go follow Ashley. (laughs) Follow Ashley on Instagram because like her story game is incredible and there's so like it's like every day you're answering like 50 different people's responses to to random questions that you throw out there and it's just a great way to keep people interested in everything that you're doing so thank you for always being so open to my little projects that i'm always trying to get off the ground as well well you're foolish because you uh allowed us on once and so now i will never stop asking you also (laughs) you give the best hugs at comic-con and geekscape (laughs) always lets us be there to promote whatever we want because jonathan is a fool (laughs) so we will literally never stop coming (laughs) jonathan jonathan's also a fool who like double and triple books himself at comic-con way too often (laughs) and is like sometimes at the table Then we squat on the booth even longer. Yeah, but then, you know, it's weird because, like, Jonathan will be at the table, and then he has to run off, and every time that he's gone, this psychopath named Super Action Man just comes storming over to the booth, causing havoc, and he's not there to help me protect the booth <laughs> at all, and I'm just out there I by know, myself. he did a really good job promoting Super Soldiers last year, so, like, <laughs> I can't be mad at the guy. I wish he'd put on more clothes, but... <laughs> Uh, people, check YouTube, search Super Action Man, and you will find some things that you'll wish you could erase from your brain. Uh, so You're not <laughs> wrong, but they're very entertaining. <laughs> so thank you again, Ashley. If you haven't, while you were listening to this, then now is the time to go to jupiterjetcomic.com and donate to that Kickstarter. Uh, question, actually. What if someone yes. is interested in Jupiter Jet but hasn't had a chance to read Jupiter Jet Volume 1 yet? Is there a place oh, that's for them to get? Such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go to that link uh, that Matt so very generously just shouted out, we do have a team up level. It actually sold out the first day, but people kept asking for us to bring it back. So we, we dug out some more copies and we brought it back. We have a team up level where you can get Jupiter Jet Volume 1 and Jupiter Jet Volume 2, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, both signed and personalized by Jason Inman and myself. But if you don't want to wait until two publishes, you can also go to jasoninman.com slash store, and we will send you a signed personal copy. But I really recommend getting the both of them because that is the most cost-effective way to get signed versions of both of them. And then you don't have to track us down at Comic-Con, which smells like hot farts. Yes, it does. It's a lovely place, but it's even better when you're hiding behind a booth the whole week. (laughs) All right, thank you so much, Ashley. Guys, go to jupiterjetcomic.com. Go get your copies. Donate. The book is already happening, so just consider it like you're buying it. You're pre-ordering it at this point. There's no risk. So do it. And thanks for listening. We'll be back with whatever show you're listening to uh, sometime this week with more episodes of all of the crazy shows that I have uh, put on my life schedule. So thank you for listening, guys. (laughs) Bye.